Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio Podcast starts now. I know we all pray, but we don't really pray enough, right? Can we just own that? I'm Scott on SWS Radio. We're talking to Rusty George, and he's a pastor, an author. Is there an expert on prayer, Rusty? <laughs> <laughs> I think only Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing about prayer is we talk and talk and talk, but it's rare that we actually carve out time to actually listen for the answer. Well, so true. I think what happens is, is we turn it into a laundry list or uh a little bit like the genie in the lamp, and we say our piece, and then we move on, and then we blame God for not doing what we asked. So when we pray, a lot of times we're waiting, and we're waiting for an answer, and sometimes we feel like, okay, I should have an answer this week. I've got a timeline, God, but it seems like he's always on time, but he uses a different sort of watch. <laughs> Boy, that's a good point. You look through Scripture, and you see these people that wait for you know, 18 years. Paul waits for 12 years for his mission you see the children of Israel wait 400 years, 40 years wandering a desert. God's timetable is definitely a little bit different than ours. We have a hard time waiting 10 seconds to warm up a burrito in the microwave. So after we say amen, what should we do, Rusty? Well, I think that's the question we all wrestle with. I think we all pray. We just don't know what to do after we pray. And I've been a pastor for you know 25 plus years, and I'll stand around the lobby and talk to people afterwards and They'll come up and they'll tell me their problems and what's going on in their life. And I'll mention something about prayer and they'll look at me like I'm crazy and say, yeah, I tried that and it didn't work. And I, I know what they're saying because I felt it before too. And that is you bring your prayer request to God and then you ask, well, what now? I mean, if it wasn't answered immediately, what am I supposed to do? Do I just wait? Did I do it wrong? Should I do it again? Should I say it louder? Should I pace around? Should I ask someone more spiritual to pray? And so what I did a few years ago was I was really, you know, wondering about this because I'd heard other people ask about it and I too had felt this. So I just decided to look at all the encounters Jesus had with people and their requests to him, because these are basically prayers. They're asking him, what should I do? And I found that Jesus actually had things for them to do after they made their request. Some were told to go and do things. Some were told to go home and wait for the miracle to meet them. Others received it immediately, but yet then had to own it and what it was they asked for. It's really interesting how Jesus tells us to do things after we say amen. So I was able to kind of whittle it down to seven things I see that Jesus tells us to do while we wait. And what I've learned is they not only help you wait, they help you see how God answers it. And in some cases, they even help you get what it is you're looking for. You know, sometimes silence is deafening, and then we wonder if God actually hears us or not. And we're talking with Rusty George today at SWS Radio. He's a pastor at Real Life Church Ministries in Southern California, and he's also an author. Rusty, you wrote a book called After Amen. It's essentially about what we do when we're waiting on God, because none of us want to wait. Waiting's painful. You know, the Tom Petty that said the waiting is the hardest part, I really resonate with that. I think that <laughs> I often equate this to like a text message. You know, you text somebody, you see the little bubbles pop up, <laughs> and you think, oh, they're going to reply right back, and then the bubbles go away. And you're like, oh, you know, did I not get reception? Do I need to hook up the Wi-Fi? Do I need to text them again? <laughs> and that seems kind of how we are with God, too. We ask for things, or our kids ask for things, and we don't know how to answer them when God seems silent. What do you do when it's deafening? 
And we see this with Jesus. Not only does he teach us what to do after we say amen, he models it too. It's interesting that Jesus prays 20 seconds and gets Lazarus to come out of the grave. He prays all night regarding his own crucifixion. There's something that's going on there that we could learn a lot from. It's interesting because a lot of times in the Bible we see Jesus praying, but we don't think about how Jesus also waited too. Yeah, that's such a great point. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we walk through four or five different things that we're supposed to do after we say amen. We yield to the how. How is God going to do this? He may do it differently than I want. We align with God's why. You know, what is God doing in the world that I could join him in rather than just asking him to bless what it is I'm interested in? There's a checklist we can run through of things that might be short-circuiting our prayers, unconfessed sin or uh, things that we've not forgiven other people for. And it's pretty interesting, some of those things. But then at some point, we may get a no. We may just get a no from God. What do we do then? And I think it's encouraging for us to know that Jesus, who was perfect and prayed with such passion that he was sweating drops of blood, that he got a no. And if it happens to him, it can happen to us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we need more passion or we need more perfection because Jesus had all that. But sometimes it's just not the will of our Father. Yeah, because he says, not my will, but yours be done. I mean, I can be honest, half the time, I don't know if it's God's will or mine when I'm praying for something. Yeah, there's those selfish things that I know that I pray anyway, but there's also the things that I think are good for others or good for my family that later I realize, yeah, if I had my way and I pursued that, it would have just been a destructive situation long term. Yeah, I think Garth Brooks tipped us off to that years ago, right? Some of God's greatest <laughs> gifts are unanswered prayers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that we look back in hindsight and we think, boy, I would have been a disaster if I had got what I wanted. I didn't need that brand new Mustang when I was 16. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't need to have a date with that particular person or marry them nonetheless. Or, or I didn't need that job that I thought I so desperately needed. And I think we also look at our lives and we see that some of our darkest times, some of our, our most painful moments, those are the times that we look back and think, boy, that's when I felt God the most. You know, I have a friend of mine who's a pastor, and he went through a very dark time of depression and difficult, you know, kind of mental anxiety. And, and it led to also some physical illness as well and kind of left him flat on his back for a while. But it was during that time that he, he really sensed a deep kind of relationship with God. And then he got better. And he said, it was a few months after I got better, I wrote in my journal, I miss God. Not that God had left, but it was that closeness that he felt with God during that darkest time that sometimes we take for granted because we're just trying to avoid difficulty. We're just seeking comfort and convenience more than we are the character of Christ. So after we say amen... What do we do? We're talking with Rusty George today at SWS Radio. He's a lead pastor at Real Life Church Ministries in Southern California, and he's also an author. Rusty, when we pray, we say amen, and we think it's finished, and all we need to do is wait. You spent a lot of time researching, okay, how did Jesus pray, and how did he teach his disciples to pray? And there's a little more to what we're expected to do after we say amen. It really is summed up in a phrase that is, so confusing for us from Jesus when he says, you don't need to keep on babbling like, you know, the religious leaders of the day, because God already knows what you need before you ask him. Now, when I hear that initially, I think, well, then why should I even pray if he already knows? 
Well, it's kind of like when your kids come to you and they're asking for something and you already know what it is they want, but you don't cut them off and say, I already know, because you want to listen to them. You want a relationship with them. And in the conversation, they may discover that's not what it is they actually wanted in the first place, or it might actually not be the best thing for them. So I think we have to remember when we say amen, God has our best interest in mind. God has his best interest in mind as to what he's trying to do in the world. And I think it would do us good to write it down and then to revisit it every day and see what God is changing in your heart towards that or how he may be answering that, but you didn't see it that way when you first asked. We talk in the book about one of the things you do is you do the next right thing. You know, Jesus encountered a few people that asked him for healing, and then he said, okay, I need you to go show yourself to the priest. Well, they weren't even healed yet, but they started their process to go see the priest and declare that they had been healed. So it's kind of, you know, you meet the miracle on the way. So what is the next right thing? When I'm thinking about big decisions I have to make at the church or even in our personal life, I could be paralyzed by that and sit in a chair and wait for the heavens to part, or I could get up and make the bed. (laughs) Uh, I, I could, you know, take a shower. I could go for a walk. I could help my neighbors out. I could go to the store and and buy something for somebody else. You know, I could go to work. I could just do my day-to-day job. And sometimes you just kind of keep doing the next right thing. And the one thing that we know that Jesus tells us to do is to love others the way that we have been loved by him. So are there any people in our life that we need to settle accounts with? Do we need to forgive somebody? Do we need to, you know, kind of make amends for something? These are all things that kind of clear up the pipeline of prayer and get us to be able to not only hear what God's doing, but also join him in it. We ask so many different things in prayer, but it's funny when we look at the way that our kids ask for everything, right? I'm Scott on SOS Radio. We're talking with Rusty George from Real Life Church Ministries in Southern California. He wrote a book called After Amen. And Rusty, you know, as parents, we want to say yes when our kids ask us for things, but we know sometimes the things they're asking for aren't the good things, aren't the best things. Sometimes the things they're asking for are admirable, but they're not what's best for them. And I think sometimes when we're praying, I got to imagine God looks at us that way. Yeah, I think so much of it comes down to our faith. You know, the interesting thing about Jesus is that he never questioned his father's intentions. He questioned, is there a better way to go about this? (laughs) He said, you know, Father, if this cup could pass for me, that would be great. I don't have to go through crucifixion. But at the end of the day, he said, I know that you know what is best. And he moved ahead. You know, obviously, we focus on the deity of Christ and the fact that he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And there were things that he surrendered in order to be human. He surrendered his omnipotence and omnipresence and omniscience. and, And in doing that, suddenly he's now limited in his knowledge. He's limited in his abilities, and he relies on his Heavenly Father. He relies on the Spirit, much like we are supposed to. And at the end of the day, he has to decide, am I going to trust Dad or not? And our kids are kind of learning that as well, especially as they get older. You know, It's one thing when they're four and you say no. Uh, It's another thing when they're 18 and you say, I wouldn't. And they're kind of thinking, do I trust that you know what's best? And that's the same thing with us and our Heavenly Father. We have to decide, do I really trust that he's in control and he knows what is best? Because the shortcut or my idea seems a lot easier. 
you know, sometimes we directly correlate God's answers to our prayer, like it has to do with his presence in our lives. And we're talking with Rusty George today at SWS Radio. He's the lead pastor at Real Life Church Ministries in Southern California. Rusty, like God doesn't answer my prayer the way I want him. I guess he's not near to me or because God didn't answer my prayer in my time frame that I've got a hard stop that I need to answer for tomorrow, but I didn't hear from him. It must mean that God's not close to me. What have you learned about that line of thinking? Yeah, I think about my daughter who comes to me sometimes and she's got a, you know, a deadline tomorrow for something she needs done. <laughs> and she knew about it for months, but you know I'm just now hearing about it. And suddenly her crisis becomes my crisis. Uh, sometimes I recognize the need for me to step in and fix things. And sometimes I recognize this is going to be a great learning experience for her. And she's probably not going to get this project done on time, but she won't make this mistake again. But I still love her through the whole thing. I'm still with her through the whole thing. And I think there are some times that God says, you know, yes, and sometimes God says, no, but I'll be with you. And sometimes God says, yes, but not the way that you expected. And sometimes, no, because I love you too much. The only way we'll sense that kind of answer is to A, trust that God has our best intentions in mind, and B, to just allow us to recognize his presence is with us during that time. I do a, uh, a weekly podcast, and we have kind of titled it Leading Simple because we're all so overwhelmed right now. We're trying to simplify life and see where God is and things. And inevitably, the conversation that I have so many times with other leaders and Christians, and, and we just end up on this topic, is where is God in the moments when I'm struggling the most? And certainly over the last year, I think we all wondered, where was God during COVID? And it really determines how you look at things. I mean, you could see all the devastation and how things were awful and and people were dying, but you could also see all the incredible acts of generosity and love and graciousness of people and how churches stepped up and met needs. And and it was really, it could be a, a wonderful time for people to show the love of Christ. And I think for a lot of us, we are so critical and we're so impatient that those are the goggles we put on and we see everything through that lens. When you watch the people that follow Jesus, there is a casualness, there is a, you know, kind of a, a light step that they have or a spring in their step, so to speak, because they are no longer feeling like they have to be in charge of the universe. They've recognized somebody else more qualified is in charge, and they have taken that off their job description, and now they are free to follow God where he leads and to be a part of what he's doing. That changes your prayer life, and that certainly changes the way you see God answer your prayers. We're talking about what we do when we're waiting on God, and we're talking with Rusty George today at SWS Radio. Rusty, do you feel like there's anything that we can do, if we have a right relationship with God, is there anything that we can do to make our prayers more effective? I really do think that this simple little prayer of you know that Jesus taught us to pray, and that is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think the more we think about heaven, the more we think about how, you know, what would God's right order of things look like, the more encouragement we have by knowing where we're going. It takes a little bit of the pressure off. And, you know, just praying the prayer, God, help me to see people and situations the way that you do. I was challenged to do this years ago when I felt like I was pretty self-consumed and 
I didn't even know somebody who was far from Christ, let alone be able to share Christ with them. And this person just looked at me and said, why don't you just pray for God's heart for people for 30 days? And I did that, and it drastically changed the way I saw people. And suddenly, they were no longer a means to an end. Suddenly, I was no longer the center of the universe. And it changed the way I saw my prayers answered, because I saw God working in this. I saw God uh, leading me to think the way that he thinks. You know, just a simple prayer of, God, break my heart for the things that break yours. And these are prayers God always says yes to. God, give me your heart for unchurched people. These are prayers God always says yes to. Because that's his mission. You know, Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Our Father is on a redemptive mission to save the world and desperately wants us to be a part of it. But we're too consumed with our shallow prayers of, you know, God help me, bless me, protect me, and bless this food to my body, even though I'm eating a plate of nachos and a Diet Coke and hoping everything will be turning out okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, our our prayers are sometimes so self-serving. And I think just starting with God changing my focus which will change my prayers, and then I'll be able to see what you're doing and see how you answer. Well, we're talking with Rusty George today at SWS Radio, and he has a new book. It's called After Amen. It's what to do when you're waiting on God. Hey, thank you so much for sharing with us, Rusty. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I know many of your listeners, they read great you know, Christian content, and you know, hopefully this book will serve as an encouragement for them. But for those of you that maybe you, you like to read, but in many cases, your husband doesn't, because most men don't read a book after high school. Uh, we did put it on Audible, and you can go to Audible and get After Amen and listen to it in the car, and sometimes it, it really uh, can encourage you. And I just share a lot of my own personal pain and struggle with prayer and things I've learned along the way, and hopefully we'll have a few laughs as well and see what God is doing. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. 